Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Ah, listen to that. Nothing beats a vinyl. Some technology just stands the test of time. Our technology not only brings the cool, it also brings the heat. At Mitsubishi Electric, we've been mastering and innovating heat pump technology since 1970. EcoDan, continued innovation in heating for home and business. Mitsubishi Electric, changes for the better. You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. You have a right to an attorney prior to and during any question. If you can't afford one, the court will appoint one for you. Do you understand your rights? And the wolf is at your door. You're running so This episode of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast may contain descriptions of acts of violence or that of a sexual nature and should be for people that are 18 years or older. Heed my warning, people. I do not get the facts of these cases off of the Internet or for some television show. The facts I'm retelling you were presented to me by the victims of the crimes or the perpetrators who committed the crimes against the victims. My descriptions of the crime scenes, what I saw with my own two eyes. If you're going to get offended, please turn this podcast off now. Thank you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. And as always, I'm your host, Woody Overton. Today, we're going to be starting Season 11 of Real Life, Real Crime. It's because all you lifers rock and you keep supporting us. And I appreciate it. Stay tuned at the end of the show for some Real Life, Real Crime and my new podcast, Scorched Justice Announcements. So, the story is old school. just about as old as you can get. It's about as hard as you can get. And I have all the material for it, which is different than most of the stories in the past but we're going to call it mo m o and it the story begins on may 13th of 2005 17 years ago this week okay i was working as a detective for the livingston parish sheriff's office and my partner at the time was brian smith 
Now, you've heard me talk about Brian a lot in the past on episodes, and he and I had a long history together, if you would. um, I first met him when we were at the LSU Police Academy, and Brian was from Albany, Louisiana, and y'all, that's in the far east side of Livingston Parish. Small town, not so small anymore, but it was small back then. And he's a graduate from Albany High School and you know, basically knew all the people there. But we met at the police academy, became fast friends, and then I was at another department for another year and a half, and then I transferred over to Livingston Parish Sheriff's Office and Uniform Patrol, and Brian Paul was one of the first people I saw my first day there. I had to go qualify at the range, and he was already on the SRT team. And I'll never forget it. I, the SRT team was training inside at the range, and I came in to qualify, and he got out of the line, gave me a big hug. We've been jamming ever since, right? So we would go on. I would, would get assigned to work uniform patrol with him out the gate, if you will, and – we just cut our teeth together and we came up and he made a detective right before I did. Um, a lot of war stories, a lot of learning on the job together in many different capacities, including uh, SRT. He taught me a lot about that. And he would, he would go on from detectives to be the uh, lead trainer for the sheriff's office. And that was his full-time job. And then later on, but now actually today he's the chief criminal deputy for the Livingston mm-hmm. Parish Sheriff's office. And so, which is high as you can get in uh, our aspirations, unless you were the sheriff. So, but back then we were young detectives and I can't say that young. I mean, we were experienced, but we had both had other partners um, that we trained underneath. And then we got moves to some uh, different partners, some that had a little more experience than us. And it didn't take long with the work ethic and loving to get into shit like we did. Um, I mean, we, we didn't sit around the office, right? We were all about chasing bad guys, making great cases. And it was just a great time. I would really wish I could go back and do it all over again, right? But we had been partners for for a little while, and I know y'all heard me talk about him on the Double Clutch, my very first episode I ever did on Real Life Real Crime. He was my partner on that case. But we were partners working the night shift in May of 2005. And what would happen was on um, – the you had your day shift detectives that would come out. There, there were eight of us total. Day shift detectives would come out. Six of them would work days, and then your uh, they would work from like eight to four. And your night shift detectives would come out at two o'clock. Okay, and one one of you would work from like two to ten, and the other one would cover or be on call if you were you'd both go in at, at 10 what would you take turns on who would be on call like if if something happened detective worthy if you will and you would go out now brian and i had an agreement that and we were experienced enough that unless it was a, a homicide or something you know major like a a, a rape or whatever so a, a major case if he had the night shift part, he wouldn't call me out. If I had the night shift part, you know, we're covering for each other, I wouldn't call him out. But on this case, at 4 o'clock in the morning, Brian Paul got a page from the radio room and a, to call him. And he called him and they said, look, we got a shooting on Ed Brown Road and two people are down. So Brian Paul tells him to page me, and I get the page. I call him. He said, we got a roll horse. He says, it's a real, the real deal. We got two down, probably at least one deceased. Now, I lived on the far other side of the parish, the, as far as you could get. I lived up in Watson. So it would take me about 35 
40 minutes to get there, no matter how fast I drove. Meanwhile, units had already responded to the scene. And by the time I made it to my car, but um, listening to the radio, I heard Brian Paul say he was 1097 on the scene. So he had to, he, now he lived in Albany, not 10 minutes away from where the shooting happened, but he had to get up and get dressed and roll out. So I hear him go 1097 on the scene and they, they 1033 tack two, which means nobody could talk uh, uh, until he cleared it. And then, Took him a couple of minutes and he came back. He said, You can clear TAC 2, send in, uh, send in medical. We've got one deceased and one that's shot, right? So I, I called him and he said, Man, you got to get here. It's a, it's a bad one. And he come to Ed Brown and, um, right by Drake Road. Now, I'm going to give you all some geographical history on this. Ed Brown Road runs from Livingston Parish directly into Tangipahoe Parish. But to get to it, you had to go to our old stomping grounds, and which is off of North Cafe Line Road. Now, if if you go to Albany uh, or if you're going east on 190, which splits the whole Livingston Parish from East Baton Rouge to Tangipahoe, the last road on the left you had to take a left go over the railroad tracks and it's a long straight road okay that's north cafe line when you but it's really rural when you cross the railroad tracks immediately there's some houses like four houses on the right and then on the left you come to what they call e-tops it was this big bar that um mainly did all their business on sunday nights all the blacks would come in from all different colleges from three states and just it was a shit show every every Sunday night with you know a thousand cars and all that, but that's the story for another day. But you keep going straight down Cafe Line Road, and there's a couple of houses, but mostly it's it's like cow pastures and shit. But then when you get about halfway down, you start passing up trailers on your right and a few houses on the left, and then you hit what what we call the settlement for a, a lack of a better term, and it was an all black neighborhood. One of the only two on the east side of the parish. Uh, um, the when you come into that neighborhood, you start passing up the trails on the right in the you know, North Cafe line. The first right, the only first right at is Ed Brown Road, and so you take a right at that stop sign. It's Ed Brown, and you go straight in in Ed. Right at the parish line, Ed Brown crosses Drake. It's a four-way stop. They call it the four-way. In the hood, they call it the four-way. And that is the absolute most known drug area on that side of the parish. Now, all I'd say 50% of my foot pursuits and car chases and drug arrests, I've had pistols pulled on me there, all that happened right there in that in that hood if you will and i'm not being racist i'm just telling you the, the story but the i was known down there that, that's where i got the name the wolf because they said i was always down there hunting someone when i was in uniform patrol but back in the uniform patrol days right there close to the four-way is where they all hung out on the weekends like if it's cold they'd have a fire barrel um you know it's a couple little houses and, and maybe a, a trailer or two on the opposite side of the road but they're all stacked in real tight together right but they would hang out there and the uh it was known that's where dope was sold okay so people would come in from tangipahoa side the, the next parish over they'd come in on the back roads and buy their dope right there uh there in another one one other place just a little bit further down on one on cafe line road but back in the day i mean it was known if, if you go down there after 11 o'clock at night especially on a weekend and it was reverse profiling if you will if you saw a white person coming through there you knew their ass was buying crack and this is what I'm talking about my uniform patrol days before meth took over but you knew they were buying crack right and and you develop probable cause to stop them and, and the shit show would start from there. But on this evening, 
I pull in, take that right on Ed Brown Road, and I pull almost down to the four-way, but I couldn't get there because of all the police cars. Now, the crime scene tape, you know how I feel about that. You tape off everything, and the crime scene tape was already up, and it was extended across the road. Um, the, The shooting happened on the left, if you... If you headed towards Hampshire Parish, it's on the left-hand side of the road, and that that lot, kind of where people hung out at, right, and that's kind of where the dope was sold. Um, the I walked up with my flashlight, and they had lights on the scene that, from the units and stuff, and I saw Brian Paul, and he walked me over to obviously what was a a deceased black male laying on his back with his arms up almost in the Jesus position. Okay. Like that old nesty tea commercial where the person falls backwards in the pool with their arms spread up like Jesus. And, and, uh, the, the, the deceased male was laying on his back like that with his arms spread wide open. And he's wearing blue jeans, like baggy blue jeans with his underwear hanging out. And, uh, I think it was like a light blue shirt. But I'll never forget it. The so we're looking at him, but then I could hear this other guy screaming in medical. The ambulance was working on him. Uh, of course, Brian Paul. And in any case like this, you call out everybody. We called out Stan Carpenter. We called out uh, Ken McMorris, uh, Ben Bourgeois. All the detectives would roll on a homicide, especially one down in a hood area like this. So. Other people are arriving. It's a fluid situation. We look at the the deceased and go up to the guy that they're working on. I mean, and uh, he was like, man, they fucking shot me, man. They fucking shot me. He fucking shot me. And he's screaming. And, and he had a he had a he had a big ass hole in his leg. I can tell you that. But they they were lifting him up by the time I got there. And. Uh, willing him into the ambulance and they would take him to North Oaks Hospital in Hammond, Louisiana, which was the closest hospital. The Brian Paul was able to get his name before he left. It was Christopher Belazar, um, black male, early 20s. And he told me, so, you know, he said, Belazar told me that he was standing here with the victim, the deceased, and he said, Two black males ran up on him and armed robbed him. And he said, uh, he said, then for no reason at all, they started shooting. And he said, when they started shooting, they ran. He said, he thinks that the victim, whose name was Shun, S H U N Alberts, he, he said, Shun went down immediately. Uh, he said, but the guy kept shooting and shot. Belazar in the leg as he was running away from him and uh Belazar ran into this little home that's right there I think the lady's name is Sandra Allen the he just like it was he didn't live there he actually he lived up in Independence which is about 15 miles away from this location north um he didn't know this lady he just ran straight through her door her front door and into the house bleeding and we, we walked the trail we're photographing it all and everything um and he busted open the door it's springtime boys the grass is green the birds are chirping and the kids will be out of school soon that makes it the perfect time to plan a family vacation and we know from the stories we cover that this is not exactly the time to take the family to the caribbean you don't want to end up in the middle of some cartel drug shootout. So this year, it's time to take an international journey. And of course, a big international trip is just one reason to learn a new language with Rosetta Stone. You might have a different one. Maybe you want to connect with family or friends living overseas. Maybe you want to acquire a new skill for work or better understand a certain culture. Rosetta Stone has helped me have fun with my mother and at least have partial conversations in Italian after only a few lessons. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users in 25 languages offered. Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and many more. 
Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways. No English translation, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language. Intuitive process, you pick up a language naturally, designed for long-term retention, speech recognition. The true accent feature is like having a personal trainer for your accent. Rosetta Stone is convenient and an amazing value. That's right, Woody. A lifetime membership has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Real Life Real Crime and Daily Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. Sayonara. Shout out to Astro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. My allergies are throwing my whole morning off. Do I sound different to you? I love that. You sound like, <laughs> it's that time of year, though, bro. I sound different to me. I feel like I'm in a submarine. Yeah, well, have you tried Astro? It's faster, bro. Oh. Right? Astro is the first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It is the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astro delivers full prescription strength, indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Hey, I use this. And you should too, Jim. Last weekend, I planted my garden, and it's that time of the year, and my allergies really kicked up with it, right? I use Astro every time my nasal allergies flare up, and I'm always amazed at how fast I'm back in the game, down on those roads, playing my stuff. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. It's faster, bro. Uses directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Astapro and go. And... Sandra Allen woke up and, and he was like, Hey, hey, call 911. I've been shot. I've been shot and, uh, and my buddy's dead. So she had actually was the one that called 911. And we talked to her and she said, Look, she said, it's exactly like that, right? He just, I mean, I just heard, she said, I heard gunshots, plural, a lot of them. And then the next thing I know, somebody's running through my door telling me to call 911. She said I was scared. She didn't say shit. She said I was scared. Uh, and and this guy's bleeding all over my floor, and he's laying there saying they shot me, they shot me, and Sean is dead. Hey, y'all, it's definitely getting a little bit warmer outside, right? And who needs to spend time in the kitchen or in the grocery store? Well, you could save time with Factor. Factor can help you spend less time at home, in the kitchen, and more time enjoying your outdoor activities that you love. With no cooking, grocery shopping, or dishes. Plus the perfect health-conscious grab-and-go add-ons like smoothies and juices. Luckily, I don't have to meal plan or prep, and I can still eat well now that I leave my meals to Factor. Y'all, I have one of these smoothies every single morning. They're delicious. Factor makes it easy for me to eat clean 24-7 with fresh, never-frozen prepared meals that are so delicious you wouldn't believe they're actually good for you. Feel good for summer? Choose from Factor's calorie-smart and keto options with built-in portion control as a great tool to help you get fit for summer. Factor offers over 30 meals per week where you can choose from a variety of new meals Every week. On top of that, Factor gives you the option to change it up and select any plan size between four to 18 meals a week. Busy schedule for both lunch and dinner? No worries. Add an extra two, three, or even four meals to your order. Factor saves me time by delivering chef crafted meals to my doorstep, eliminating the hassle of grocery shopping and meal prep, not to mention cleanup. 
No dishes to wash at all, y'all. Each factor meal arrives pre-prepared and ready to eat in two minutes. That's even faster than ordering in or going through a drive-thru. Factor tackles the tough stuff, so I don't have to. Their registered dietitians and expert chefs work hand-in-hand to create meals with nutritious ingredients. Factor even knows my preferences. They offer vegan, veggie meals, keto meals, low-calorie options, cold-pressed juices, smoothies, energy bites, plant-based bars, extra protein, veggie sides, and more to keep me fueled and focused all day long. Head to go.factor.com. 75.com slash RLRC120 and use code RLRC120 to get $120 off. That's code RLRC120 at go.factor75.com slash RLRC120 for $120 off. So we took a statement from her. By that time, the rest of the detectives had arrived on scene, and we took some photographs of the inside our house and the blood. And we walked back out, and we don't you don't go right up to the body, y'all. Sean Albers was uh, dead on the ground. You don't you you could kind of look at it from ten or fifteen yards away, but we all huddled up and. Of course, the Louisiana State Police Crime Lab worked all our murders, came out and collected evidence, et cetera, and they had been called. But it takes them a long time to get there, right? The, the, what, whatever technician they have on the lab from the State Police Crime Lab that's on call, they get the call just like I did. And then they got to get up, get dressed, get in their vehicle, and shit, they might be in, in Lafayette, or or New Orleans, or they might be in Baton Rouge, or they might be in Livingston Parish. But it was the luck of the draw. But it usually took them at least an hour or so to get there. And then you knew the crime scene had to be worked. And time was on our side as far as um, it getting daylight. It was By this time, it's probably close to 6 in the morning. We talked, the detectives talked, and Stan Carpenter, the uh, chief of detectives, said, hey, look, I'm going to stay here with the guys, and we'll try to you know, get witness statements from people, et cetera. He said, yeah, y'all go to the hospital in case that boy dies and try to you know, get a more detailed statement out of him when he's in better condition. So we did. Brian Paul and I drove to North Oaks. took about 20 minutes tops to get there, and – it was the old North Oaks, y'all, and, and not the new one in, t- in Livingston Parish. So we get there. We badge our way in to the emergency room, as we had so many times before. Um, anytime anything major happened on the east side of the parish and your detective shit, you were at, at North Oaks Hospital. That's just the way it was. And we knew a, a lot of the people that worked there. And the charge doctor, uh, um, we had, I had become acquainted with him when we came in. He was actually coming out of the room, and I told him, he's like, I guess y'all here for the shooting victim. And I said, yes, sir, and, and how are you doing, et cetera. And he said, he said he's going to make it. He said he's going to be fine. And he said, um, you know, I don't know if we're going to have to do surgery or not. We're waiting on the X-ray, blah, 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 whatever. He said, but y'all can go in and talk to him. So we go in, and he's laying in the bed, uh, Stripped naked, the he had like a sheet on the, you know, covering his, his crotch area, and he's laid back in the bed. He's in a lot of pain still. They'd given him, so I think the doc said they'd give him some morphine or something, but he was cognizant, he was awake, and he was pissed. And so we introduced ourselves. Um, Brian Paul introduced us, and he said, Hey, man, I, I talked to you briefly on the scene. He said, the doctor says that you're going to live. Uh, um, they're going to take care of your leg. And, and we just need to know what happened. And this dude, he didn't want to talk. And he was like, I'm, he just, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take care of this shit myself. I'm going to take care of this shit myself. And I was like, no, 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 no. And I said, listen, Hollis, you got a fucking hole in your leg. If you go in and do some street justice bullshit. You like to catch a hole in your head. I said, just tell us what happened. 
and let us do what we do. And and he was crying. I think uh, his his girlfriend was there in the room also. He came around to it. You know, I mean, he was scared. He was mad. He's upset. But he told us, he said, listen, he said, this is some bullshit. He said, I was standing in the lot right there. Y'all, well, I told you that, the, uh, Ed Brown and Drake. And he said, me and Sean, S-H-U-N, me and Sean were hanging out. And I saw this vehicle come, a dark colored vehicle come rolling past us from Tangeville Harris. He said it was dark colored, kind of went by slow, but not too slow. And it was headed towards North Cafe Line Road. And it said, he said, we were just hanging out in the lot, bullshitting. Well, I know what he was doing, right? Selling dope. He said, but Sean and I were just hanging out, bullshitting. And he said, then I saw the vehicle come back by and head towards the four-way which is not even a tenth of a mile, y'all. That was That's that intersection I told you, Ed Brown and Drake. Half of Drake Road was Tangeville Parish, and the western half was Livingston Parish. He said that the vehicle passed back by, and he said within a minute or two, two he said the N-word. He, he, he said these two ends rolled up on us. He said they were dressed in black. He said uh, one of them was a dark-skinned dude, and the other one was more light-complected. He said the dark-skinned dude had uh, a big pistol, and he said the and the other guy was more light-skinned. He had a, he had a smaller pistol and cornrows. In his hair, and he said the dark-skinned dude had uh, what, what appeared to be a tattoo, maybe under underneath his left eye. Pretty fucking good descriptions, right? And the he said they the dark-skinned one. He bleed. He was from across the lake, uh, uh, which would, and the street terms y'all that meant New Orleans. And he he said. I believe he's. I believe he's from across the lake. I believe he's uh, Rodney Dillon's cousin. And um, but he rolled up on me and he put the, put the pistol on me and and he robbed me. He said, "I don't know what you got. What you got? Empty your." He said, "Empty your pockets out." And he said he took like three hundred dollars off of me. He said, "But Sean, Sean didn't have any money." And we were done. He was done robbing us. He got my money. And we didn't do nothing, he said. And that nigga started shooting. And that's his word, y'all. That in, he said that dude started shooting, but he used the N word. He said he started shooting. He said when he, he shot Sean, pow, pow, real fast. He shot Sean at least twice. And he said he said I turned and ran. And when I was running, he shot me. Yeah, he shot a couple more times, and one of them hit me in the leg. And he said, "The only reason I'm not dead is that piece of shit pistol he had jammed on him." He said, "And that's the only reason I'm not dead." So, the Ryan Paul asked me, he "said Can you just can you describe the pistols?" And he said, "Yeah." He said, "the the the one that the guy from across the lake had he said it, it looked like almost like a machine gun he said you held it with two hands and it had like holes around the end of the barrel y'all this like air ventilation thing um and he said it had a magazine in it and that's what he he did all the shooting pop 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 he said but it jammed so y'all it turns out it was a tech 9 Okay, a nine millimeter tech, whatever the fuck they call it. It's the shittiest fucking gun in the world. It looks cool, but the every shooting I was ever involved with, every homicide case I ever worked, every shooting case I ever worked with a tech nine was involved, that motherfucker jammed. And if it had it not jammed and been a piece of shit, Christopher Bellazar would have been dead as fuck and he wouldn't have been talking to us. And he's um he said the other one was a smaller uh, semi-automatic pistol like the ones that we carried. So he, when he told us who he thought it was, he, he said, he said, I've seen that dude around. He's um, a, with, with Rodney Dillon before, and 
they he said, I've seen him, and I know he's from across the lake. And he said, he didn't have to kill him, and he, he didn't have to kill Sean. He said, we, you know, I gave him all my money. Sean didn't have a penny. And I mean, he was upset, and, he, and he's pissed off, and I get that, right? But so we talked to him. We took the recorded statement from him and everything just in case he died. Uh, but the, what did we do now? Well, it's kind of pressing to find out who the fuck Rodney Dillon is and who his cousin is from across the lake, right? So we can get a photo lineup. Now, this is a fluid situation. By at some point, the crime lab arrives on scene, and we leave North Oaks Hospital. We go back over to the scene, huddle back up with everybody, tell them what we had. Now it's daylight, and you can see, uh, like I told you, Sean was laid back in the Jesus position in the, I mean, you could see the blood congealed on on the ground below his back and below the back of his head. Okay, I didn't see any visible exit wounds, and y'all have the photographs. The I didn't see any looking down at him. You could see blood, and his face was swollen, and I didn't see any visible exit wounds at that point in time. Right now, you don't touch the body. You don't just get there and start flipping and shit. You go around and process all the evidence looking for shell casings, which they recovered, right? And they they, they were nine millimeters, came back to, uh, uh, ended up being matched later on in this case to a Tech 9 through the Louisiana State Police Crime Lab's firearms unit. They can tell by the casings, uh, uh, if, let's say it's a nine millimeter, when they can tell by the striations on the bullet and stuff like that, they can match it to what caliber, not caliber, what type of firearm each each firearms manufacturer leaves a like almost like a fingerprint on the bullet if you can recover it in good enough condition to be matched to. And yes, it was a piece of shit tech nine. So we briefed them on what we had. Brian Paul, what, 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 you know, let me digress for a little bit. The we got this huge crime scene, right? And and you got blue and whites out there keeping the people back. Now, don't forget this. This is a neighborhood, right? And uh, so people are out, okay. And the, while we were there, I almost forgot this. While we were there, I, I think her name was Miss Allison. Um, the it's like six thirty, seven o'clock, something like that. The Sean Albert's mama came up. Now she had a different last name than him. I think it was Collins, but she came up on the scene. And the deal was, we knew this family. Both Brian Paul and I had arrested both of Sean's brothers. Okay, on dope, selling dope right there on the corner. Different times, foot for sale. I mean, I'm talking about like numerous times. But they liked us. I mean, if we were rolling through there and they weren't holding any dope, they didn't worry about it, right? Sometimes we'd get out and shoot the shit with them and and hang out. Like if they had the fire barrel going during the winter time, it I I pull up, they'd see me in the blue. I was in the blue and white in uniform, and I'd open the door. Sometimes I'd just open and act like I was going to get out just to see if any of them would run, right? If they had warrants, usually they'd run. It'd be a foot pursuit, and then a manhunt. Or sometimes I'd get out and and none of them would have warrants, and I'd hang around the fire barrel for a little bit and shoot the shit with them. So I was cool with them. It, it was different policing back then. If I was getting my ass beat in that neighborhood, the the good people would have came outside and helped me. And even the bad guys, if you will, the the dope dealers, it was just a way of life, and they they didn't have any animosity towards us. The if if you got into a foot pursuit with one of them and you got them and you got the dope on them, they didn't throw it or they threw it and you recovered whatever you took them to jail. By the time you got done booking with them, you were cool, right? See you next time, cuz, right? So. uh and the streets talk, right? S C R E E T S. That's what they say down there. But the we had arrested, I and mean, we had talked about this on, on the way to the hospital and back. Brian Paul's like, "Fuck, you know who that is?" He said, "A monkey and his brother." And I was like, "Really?" And he said, "I, I said I've never seen him." He said, "Me either." He said, "He's a good kid. I think I think he goes to college." He said, "He's the only one in the fucking family who hadn't been arrested." I said, "Well, fuck, he's out here at four o'clock in the morning." If he wasn't slinging dope, then he was with somebody who was. He said, you're right. And he said, it might have been wrong place, wrong time. But the mama comes up, 
and we knew her and had dealt with her before. And it's one of the hardest things in law enforcement when you have to tell a mother or a father or a family member that, yes, that body over there on the ground is your son. You know, but we took her to the side and, and reintroduced ourselves and she. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. He's crying and carrying on. No, 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 no. Please tell me it's not my baby. Please tell me it's not my baby. And I just hugged her up and, and like in a bear hug. And she was flailing her arms. And then the, uh, the two brothers ended up coming up after we had told, but I told her, I said, I said, I'm sorry. Uh, he's dead. Yeah. You know, I, I said, he's not coming back. And, you know, just held her. The human side of policing that you don't get to see, right? And and the crying and the, and somebody had gone and, and woke her up and told her. Now she lived uh, down Drake Road, back in in the corner. That there, that's where their house was. The trailer was the. And I know that's because I've done foot pursuits to her house before. But you know, so I t- tell her, and then and then the boys show up and told them, and they were fucked. They were mad and crying and carrying on. They're like, "Wolf, what is bullshit, man?" And, and Brian, Brian went to school with with the older ones, right? I mean, graduated from high school, I think, with some of them. And but so then we told them. We went back to the other place and sat down and and said, "Hey, you know." This is it. He's not coming home. We're gonna do everything we can to work this case and to get to get justice for Sean, right? But we also had to ask him a couple of questions. And and so we we took the brothers outside. Now these are guys that we've arrested numerous times and they've got a long history. I mean, it's just, it's just what they did. They sold dope, right? And we talked to him straight up. We said, Hey man, what what the fuck? You know, what what is Sean doing out there at four in the morning? They said, Wolf he ain't supposed to be there. He's the only one out of us that's any good. And they, of course, they're crying and they're mad and they want revenge. And it's, and then we're like, I'm, I'm gonna find out who did. I'm gonna kill that motherfucker. I said, No, you gonna let us do our job, and you know we gonna get him right. And I said, But what is he doing? And he said, Man, I don't know. I, I don't know what he was doing there at four o'clock in the morning. But he wasn't supposed to be there. He said, All these years. We stood on that corner and sold dope all these years. We never got murdered. And um, now the word had spread about the um, that vehicle, and it turned out that the vehicle, when it passed the, remember Belzar said he saw the dark colored, uh, I think it was like SUV, Passed from the first time, headed towards Cafe Line Road and go out of sight. And he said in a couple minutes, five or six minutes, it turned around and came back. Well, the detectives have been talking to the people in the streets and the streets, and they developed some witnesses. Now, we also had Rodney Dillon's name. Brian Paul knew 
Rodney Dillon's mom through an older brother they played football with or whatever. We had developed some people, and I'll get into that next week because it's a really important part of the story, that had saw the shooter's moments before Sean Albert was murdered in cold blood. All right. They wrap up the scene. They tag him in bag, Sean, um, take him to the funeral home, put him in the cooler. We, it's, I mean, you don't sleep on these cases, y'all. We got Rodney Dillon's uh, address, which is actually in Hammond. So Brian Paul and I called the Tangeville Parish Sheriff's Office and got the detective on call. Most of them were coming out at 8 o'clock anyway, and and it's in the city limits of Hammond also. So we called them and got one of their detectives to come and meet us. And as far as we know, the the shooter's at this fucking house, right? So we crept up on the house and and took tactical positions. Uh, you know, you never stand in front of a window. You don't stand in front of the doorway. And we got to the side of the door and knocked on it. And it, it's an older brick home in um, a decent neighborhood in, in Hammond. And finally, the lady came to the door. And I can't remember her name. I'll have to look it up. The Rodney Dillon's mama came to the door. And like I said, Brian Paul knew her. And he's like, hey, hey, sweetie, how, how you doing? And she's like, what you doing here, boy? And he said, "Man, we could, you know, we we here on some serious." And he said, "Is Rodney or anybody else in the house?" No, no, they ain't nobody here. They they left yesterday evening. And he said, "Well, can we come in and talk to you?" She said, "Yeah." He said, "You don't mind if we search the house real quick, make sure nobody snuck in while you were sleeping, right?" Because she, she was in her house robe, and she said, "Yeah, you go look. I don't care." And then she now, this is a good woman, right? I think she taught school or something for. 40 years or something like that. But the um, we went in, cleared the house, and then go into the living room. And the Brian Paul told her what happened. He said, look, we're working a murder on Ed Brown and Drake. And she said, oh, Lord. And she said, how is Rodney involved? And he said, well, we don't know that Rodney's directly involved, but do you know where he is? And she said, I could try to call him. And, and Brian said, do you, does Rodney have a cousin? from across the lake that's been staying with him. And she said, yeah, yeah, sure he does. And um, it, it, his his cousin Mo has been staying here. And and it, she said, you know, that boy's trouble. She said, he's trouble. He's The reason he's staying here is because he had to come across the lake because he was in trouble in New Orleans. And, and I'm letting him stay here to try to get his life right. And she said, what happened? She said, they, they kill somebody? And I was like, we don't know for sure, uh, Miss Dillon. You know, we, we're just we're working. And, and one of the witnesses said that he believed that one of the shooters was from across the lake and was a cousin to Rodney. And she said, um, she said you got a description on him? And I said, yeah, dark skin." A shorter, dark-skinned male with like a tattoo under his eye. She said, "Oh, Jesus!" She said, "That's him." She said, "Ain't no tattoo. He's got a scar underneath his left eye." She said, "That boy, I don't know what to do with him." And I said, "Well, look, the main thing is we don't know for sure that it was him, but what's his real name?" And she said, "It's Major Majori Chefney." Now I couldn't spell that shit for you today. I couldn't spell it for you. I couldn't spell it back then, but I had to write it. Majori, M-E-D-J-O-U-R-E, Chefney. And I think it was like C-H-E-F-F-A-N-Y, something like that. She said, that's, that's Majori Chefney. And he's staying here. He's getting his life straight. And he can't go back across the lake. And y'all, again, across the lake meant New Orleans. Uh, because he's in trouble across the lake. Well, what would we do? I get on the phone. I call the radio room. Oh, I got his approximate date of birth. Call the radio room. I said, listen, can you please pull up Majora Chefney? Um, I had her spell it for me. And gave the approximate date of birth. And boom, immediately. He's wanted out in New Orleans. He's got a long, he's a young cat, but he's got a long, distinguished murderous career. Not a murder, but violent 
career, and he had warrants for his arrest uh, out of uh, NOPD, uh, New Orleans Police Department, at that time. And I said, listen, give me that stuff. And I, I mean, well, Tina Pearson, we, she was already at the office. She's Stafford now, Tina Stafford, or no, it's Tina Stafford. She's Pearson now. Tina Stafford Pearson, I called her with the information, and I said, get us a lineup. And so she did. And the, the, we talked to to uh we got the phone numbers tried to call rodney he didn't answer try to um call whatever other numbers that she had for us and miss she she was a sweetheart she cooperated one thousand percent in um no joy right on the phone numbers or anything else so we we took her statement about who he was and what have you and then thanked her and we left and we thanked the Hammond city and the Tangipo detective. Um, we went to the Livingston Parish Sheriff's office to the detective's office and Tina had six packs of majority Chefney and, uh, she did one for Rodney Dillon also it drawn up, you know, it's photographic lineups, all it is. And, the Louisiana State Police uses a a computer that you put in this guy's real ID and it pulls up five people that look just fucking like him. Now, it's kind of hard to get five people with a scar underneath their eye, but I mean, it is what it is. Again, they, it kind of excludes that, if you will, because that's an anomaly. But the other people, they look just like him. I mean, I couldn't have told you who, who it was if it hadn't been for the scar. But the we get that. What do we do then? We haul ass back to North Oaks Hospital, where Christopher Belazar has now been admitted to a room. All right, and the we get there. Uh, he was sleeping. We go up to his room. He's sleeping, and woke him up. And the he had a through and through uh, in the leg when he was really lucky that the bullet went in and went out and didn't tear up anything major. He didn't have to have major surgery. They stitched him up, et cetera. And, but they were keeping him for observation. But they said, Hey, Chris, you know, we want to show you a photo lineup and, or some photo lineups. We don't want you to guess. We want you to only pick the person who shot you and shot Sean out of the lineup if you are 1,000% sure, so sure that you could get on the stand in court and testify, yes, this is the person that did it. So I don't want any guesses. I don't want it. If, if you have a guess, don't even say it. Just say, I don't know. All right. And he was like, yeah, just show it to me, show it to me. And so shut up, popped it down. And I mean, he immediately, he sat up in the bed and he slammed his hand on, on, on the, uh, the picture, and I think he was in slot five. He slammed his hand on the six pack, the six pictures on slot five. He said, "That's him." And he said, "That's a, the the N word that that killed Sean and shot me." He said, "And the only reason I'm not dead is that is that pistol jam that he had." So that's it. And and then I showed him the uh, six pack with Rodney Dillon, and he said, and then he picked out Rodney Dillon. He said, but. It, he said, I don't know why you showing me that because Rodney wasn't there. He said he wasn't that other dude with the cornrows in his hair. He said Rodney was not there. He said, but that other N-word, he said he was there. He said, that's the dude that shot me. So what do we do? We go back to, and we'll get the statement and give him a circle and initial and dated and, and write a statement stating that, that Majority Chefney was the one that did the armed robbery and the shooting. And we went back to the courthouse and had Tina draw warrants for the first degree murder because the murder occurred during the commission of an armed robbery. Um, first degree murder for Sean Alberts and attempted first degree murder for Christopher Bellazar and arm, um, two counts of armed robbery one for Sean and one for Christopher Belazar. Then we had to go find a judge. And I think it was Judge Zoe's Waggis back that signed it. And she wasn't in yet. We had to go to her house and do the probable call statements, et cetera. Boom. We got our warrants. Now 
put them in, go back to the radio room, have them enter the warrants into the NCIC computer, National Crime Information Computer, which says, hey, anybody that stops Major Chaffney or Mo, that's, that's what his street name was, Mo, or New Orleans. But anybody that stopped Mo, they, they, they know. He's wanted for first-degree murder and a plethora of other charges. So I'm going to stop this episode here for this week. Y'all, you've got to hear what happens in this case. It's, it's a, it is a, it's just crazy. And, and, but it was good police work. It's a great case. I actually have transcripts of, um, six different interviews and actually interrogations that we did in this case. And then I have a plethora of information, a lot that we're going to be putting up for Patreon and convicts. So y'all get to see, um, all the stuff. Okay. And I'm Woody Overton, your host of real life, real crime, the podcast real quick on Lopa. Louisiana Oregon Procurement Agency. I'm about to leave for Wisconsin to go hunt with the winner of the Lopa raffle that was donated by McLaurin Whitetail Adventures out of Wisconsin, Toma, Wisconsin last year. And um, they donated a, a whitetail hunt and a turkey hunt, a four-day guided turkey hunt. And that person it's chosen to go at the end of this week. And the part of the deal was I'm going to go up there and cook for them. So Lopa, y'all, they're heroes, Louisiana Oregon Procurement Agency. That's my, that's my jam. You know that. And I'm always going to talk about them. And if you're not an organ donor, please go sign up. Uh, if you're a lifer from New Zealand and you want to become an organ donor, please go to lopa.org. Fill out the form. It takes like two minutes, and you can be an organ donor. You don't have to be from Louisiana. So be a hero. Be an organ donor. And I'm Woody Overton, your host of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. Until next time or ever, don't let me catch you down on Murder by You. Peace. Real Life, Real Crime is a true crime podcast brought to you by your host, Woody Overton, executive producer, Jim Chapman with Envision Podcast Studios. Your music is provided by Chase Tyler and the Chase Tyler Band. Follow me on Instagram at Real Life Real Crime or at Overton Woody. Check out our numerous social media pages. Also, go to the App Store and download our free Real Life Real Crime community app, which contains all things Real Life Real Crime and True Crime and uncensored and run by me. Wherever you listen to a podcast, go like, subscribe, and review to Real Life Real Crime or my other podcast, Scorch Justice. Thank you. Yeah, the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. You have a right to an attorney prior to or during any question. If you can't afford one, the court will appoint one for you. Do you understand your rights? And the wolf is at your door. You're running so that's for sure.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old school greats and new school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.